Hey everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, here with another Whiskey Short. I'm joined by Scott. Hey everybody. And my good friend Joe. Hello. And uh, we're going to kick it to Scott, and he'll tell you what we're going to do. Yeah, so uh, sometime last year, this whiskey became super popular on the interwebs, and it got into the secondary market, and it was going for high prices, and then people were calling people taters for (laughs) even getting it. But we have finally secured a bottle. Yeah. And this is Smoke Wagon Uncut, Unfiltered, Quick Taste. (sighs) Whiskey short. It is a high-ride barrel-proof Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Mash bill is 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% malted barley. This is MGP's high-rye bourbon mash, so they source from MGP in Lawrenceville, Indiana. The blender bottler is Nevada H&C Distilling Company out of Las Vegas. The proof of this particular bottle is 113.94. So mm. it's a it's a little high. A little high. You're sure, high. You're sure it's not sourced from barrel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, barrel loves their high proof. Yeah. And the age, there's no age statement on the bottle, but I saw that it is a blend of four, six, and ten year bourbons. Yes. This is batch number fifty one, which is a big deal for this particular whiskey, I find. A lot of people care about that. Oh really? Actually it was hard to get this for a while. There's yeah. the small batch is still around there and but the uncut unfiltered, I got this for I wanna say seventy five, which I thought was a really good price being at how overpriced it's been. Yeah. And that's probably more than I should pay for it, but we wanted it and we got it and I'm happy to be here doing it. So why don't we taste it first and then go through everything? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've had this I've, bottle for a while. Yeah. I've had a couple of months. I'm waiting to taste it. And uh, as our good friend Joe here is our scotch yeah. ambassador, if you will. So this is a little different than what he's usually right, drinking. So he's kind of gotten a bourbon more from listening to us. And he did the scotch episode with us finally a year later than we wanted him to because of COVID. Which we haven't done yet. Which we haven't done yet. We're recording right after this but it's technically coming up before this so we're in the whiskey wormhole so let's take a little smell and yeah let us know if you have any tasting notes scott i do from breaking bourbon has the whiskey jug stopped producing i haven't seen them come up online very much yeah i couldn't find this particular smoke wagon i hope whiskey jug's doing okay i'm sure i'm sure he is he's one of the best friends we have that we never met (laughs) what am i supposed to be smelling here i'm getting a little orange more like a orange curacao or grand Meunier orange definitely smells very sweet god alcohol fuck Hmm. It smells very much like there's candy notes in there. I can smell like a candy corn type of a like smell, a, like that like sweet. A caramel. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I never smell candy corn, I don't, and I don't care for candy corns at all. Yeah, like a super intense uh, sugary sweetness. Yeah. What were the nose attributes? Okay, so creamy caramel, light vanilla, and oak, peppery scents slowly intertwine and highlight a dash of rye spice, and mm. the slightest hint of ethanol tingles the nose. Slightest hint punches you right in the nose uh the sweet yet slightly spicy combination provides a simple opening yet one that can also be appreciated by whiskey lovers of all levels i mean it's a simple opening the nose is for me there's not much there even though he said there was tons there you go we got globes and we have uh, distilled water and droppers now yeah really after Our, two years finally finally got distilled water in, instead of just Poland spring filtered water right or whatever. tap water so yeah so right, let's, let's taste uh, it yeah. mm, that's strong but it's very smooth. Yeah. It is very smooth. I'm not tasting that spiciness that you're saying. Maybe just a tad of that. We'll give it a second. I think it's going to pop up on the finish. It's very sweet when you first drink it. Mm, this is really intensely sweet, right on the tip of the tongue, right as you put it in your mouth. I have to tell you, if you don't taste like orange curacao or Grand Meunier finish in this, I'm surprised. To me, it's incredibly prevalent now. I do taste it. It's citrusy. God, maybe it's not orange. Mm, maybe. A tangerine. Maybe. <laughs> a little, little lighter than an orange. A little less... Uh, Orangey. <laughs> mm. Scott has the good words. 
It's really good, but very intense. I like that much better with the globe. Uh-huh. Okay. It's hot, man. Yeah, very hot. I'm going to put a little bit of water in mine. See what that brings out. Hmm. Oh, Ed, with the water on it, there's there's a lot more orange. Oh my God, yeah. I'm tasting lots of vanilla now. Sometimes when I have like just a regular bourbon, I like to put a splash of orange curacao on it. And this tastes like I already did that. Yeah, and it's really spicy on the tongue now. Drinking it straight, I think the alcohol was covering some of the spice, but with water on it, you get an intense sweetness, but it leaves a really sharp, spicy note on your tongue the flavors are certainly coming out i'm tasting more of that when adding the water to it yeah yeah yeah. i agree so give us a little background on the uh, distillery now while i'm letting my globe melt for another minute all right so um in lieu of one of us reading a narrative history of the company like we usually do i thought we'd do something a little different okay they have this interview posted on the smoke wagon website talking about their origin story which is more of a conversation between the nevada agency distilling founder jonathan hensley and aaron chapenick and i thought they kind of sounded like me and you ed okay so we're going to do a dramatic reading with ed playing the part of jonathan right. and me playing aaron all right and also i may have embellished some of the lines oh, just right. just so you know all right, I see. I have a script here. Okay. All right. Uh, actually, Joe, why don't you just ask guys what's your origin story? So then we'll get into it. Hey guys, what's your origin story? <laughs> our story? You mean our origin story? Oh man, you really have to go back to August two thousand and four. I just finished working uh, just after midnight and gone to check out this little joint in Eagle Rock that had been named a uh, best new bar by Los Angeles Magazine. Yeah, I remember that night. Somebody said, hey, there's that local screenwriter, Jonathan something or other. I thought you looked like a homeless guy or maybe a serial killer. <laughs> Cut me some slack, man. I was under deadline. And besides, serial killers are never homeless. <laughs> well, that's that's true. <laughs> but actually, that Jonathan fellow turned out to be an okay guy. Thanks, man. 13 years in business together, and I'm just an okay guy. Well, this is what I have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up talking and saw eye to eye on the bar business and decided to launch something new, which is how our bar called The Griffin was born. Best decision I ever made. Yeah, it definitely worked out. Oh, tell them about where we set up shop. <laughs> it was actually a no-brainer. Vegas, baby. <laughs> and then after a few years of late night samplings of our inventory, we found ourselves talking a little and then a whole lot about what we liked in certain bourbons and vodkas. And what we didn't like. Right. And then one night... The light bulb blinked on and we both knew where the conversation was heading. Making our own juice. It was a bold idea, but we both said, fuck it. Whoa, hey man, this is going on our website. Jesus, see what I have to deal with? (laughs) And becoming the first distillery in the Vegas was an adventure to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, the city council had to create a license for us because no one had actually done this before. And then things got real. Yeah, like really real. Like making diamonds in your sphincter because it's clenched so tight real. (laughs) Wow, bro. And you yelled at me for saying fuck. But anyway, to continue this theme, we never actually dealt with the stilling equipment before, so we didn't know our ass from an elbow. Yeah, and getting our equipment to pass building inspection was super fun, too. And then the state laws changed, which forced us to do everything all over again. Well, to be fair, things might have gone quicker if you had insisted on ordering a proprietary silver metal filtration system from a country you had never heard of. Oh, yes, the little-known country of Russia. So mysterious. Well, you said it was Belarus. So you have heard of it. Again, and see what I'm dealing with? <laughs> and then we had to get our bottles and packaging together. Ugh. Oh, I was right, man. But what was mostly due to Mr. Do-It-Yourself over there insisting on designing and engineering everything by himself when you know there's actually people you can hire to do those things? Oh, oh, there are? Oh. Yeah, they're called designers, engineers. Yeah, but weren't they the ones that told us that we couldn't put a silver dollar on our bottles or use amber glass? 
Oh, maybe. But I will admit that our bottles and packaging are pretty bitchin'. Well, thanks, buddy. All in all, the process took six years. But unfortunately, some good actually came from all that waiting. During all the delays, we just kept laying down new bourbon to still it. And now, it's coming of age. So, once we were able to open, we hit the ground running. Sprinting, more like it. And that's how we got here. We have a big-time passion for what we're doing. You know Scott gave me all the long-ass paragraphs to saying that, everybody? Sorry. We have, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, the three-word things, I get another paragraph. No, I'll play along. Fine, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> We have a big-time passion for what we're doing and are both grateful for the opportunity. We take a lot of pride in our products. And of course, we're not done yet. As the new barrels mature, we're getting more opportunities to experiment with new blends, which is really exciting. Right. In fact, Aaron will be experimenting with new blends tonight in the Griffin until about 4 (laughs) a.m. See what I have to deal with? And scene. <laughs> so that was what was on their webpage. I think I did amazing having never read it before. Yeah, yeah, we did pretty well. So um, a few clarifications to what they were saying there. First of all, Jonathan Hensley is actually a successful screenwriter. Wow. The guy you were playing. Yeah. With credits like Armageddon, Jumanji, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Wow. And while they were waiting to get licensed, they were sourced from MGP, and they were going to use their own bourbon. Right. But the Nevada law change that they talked about basically said that if you stilled your own, you couldn't also source outside. What? Yeah. So the, the di- is that? What, what's a dumbass rule? Yeah, well, Nevada. I don't, I don't know. So the distillate that they said that they were laying down and that was coming of age was actually MGP barrels. That were being stored for them, right? Because we know right. that MGP for like something like two dollars a month or something really reasonable barrel storing fee like yeah if you yeah. buy the barrel from mgp they're happy to store it like for like a ridiculous amount per month like. yeah so that's what they do they became a rectifier instead of a distiller in their own right so the silver dollar that they talked about in their yeah. bottles that was yeah. placed is only in their silver dollar vodka mm. uh, the bourbon bottles have a wax insert you can see it on that one it's an amazing bottle i mean it really is it's got cross guns says smoke wagon on it and there's a story to where that comes from right well while you guys are talking i finished off the bottle so you can <laughs> We can turn it inside inside out. He's just been taking it right to the head. And then we're taking Joe to the hospital. (laughs) So talk about smoke wagons, what smoke wagons are. They're the guns crossed on that label. Smoke wagon is the movie Tombstone. When Kurt Russell uh, is challenging someone to draw down, he says, are you going to pull that smoke wagon and just stand there and bleed? Right. And so it's a reference to a six shooter. Right. It was like a slang term. Right. An old West slang term, according to Kurt Russell in the movie Tombstone. Yeah, so uh, there's a gun now called the smoke wagon, even though it was a slang term before that. It's a reproduction of a Colt single-action army revolver made by the Taylors and Company Firearms known as the Peacemaker. Right. It was originally in use by the U.S. Army between 1873 and 1892. The original Army Colt started in 1860, was available during the Civil War. Uh, the Peacemaker was able to fire cartridges instead of being a ball and cap percussion. So the Peacemaker actually could fire what we would consider bullets today. Right. The power, accuracy, and handling of the single action army made a popular sidearm from its inception to well into the 20th century the association with the history of the american west remains to the present century and these revolvers remain popular with shooters and collectors uh, yeah my brother has one does he my brother has a peacemaker single action dave production. yep wow dave has one george s Patton, who began his career in the horse cavalry carried a custom-made saa with ivory grips yep. engraved with his initials and an eagle which became his trademark he used it during the mexican punitive expedition of 1916 to kill two of pancho villa's lieutenants and carried it until his death in 1945 shortly after the end of world war ii at the beginning of the 21st century first and second generations saas are highly regarded as collector's items and often considered too valuable to even shoot Mm. in 2011 the colt single action army revolver won an online poll by a margin of 38 percent to be named the official firearm 
of Arizona. Is there official firearm in New Jersey, you think? I'm sure there has to be. It's probably like a sawed-off shotgun or whatever <laughs> Whatever the mob uses. Whatever they're using in Camden these <laughs> whatever days. Whatever they use in the mob. No, right. Um, I would say also that, if I remember correctly, one of those peacemakers that was taken off of a dead soldier at Little Bighorn Ooh. turned up. And they came across it and actually turned out to be the actual gun that was at that battle. They oh, can tell by the cool. serial number. So cool. that's like the coolest peacemaker story I have. But, hmm. uh, the fact that you have a peacemaker story at all is <laughs> impressive. <Wow. laughs> so now we'll do the palate. It's been sitting on the rock enough. Let me go right. back to it. Right. What are you guys tasting? I have to tell you, it doesn't have a very long pronounced finish, but everything up to that is just tremendous. It is sweet and delicious whiskey. It was like it was distilled for me. I'm new to the bourbon yeah. and having it neat. It was a little too strong for me. I, I didn't like the it's very finish. Strong. Yeah. Putting the globe in there. Mm. It's spectacular. Yeah. It really is spectacular for me. Do you taste the spiciness on it? Yeah, it tickles I, the back of my throat. Like yeah, I like, did when it was neat. The and, and not so much when you have the globe. Not with the globe. Yeah, I don't have a globe on mine. I just globe is too much water for me. Yeah. But I, I added some uh, drops of water in it, and the spiciness just ramped up for me. So I can see people saying that this is overrated, and I can see people loving it. It's sweet. It's complex enough. It doesn't have a long finish, which you would expect for a whiskey of this price and proof, but the finish it does have is nice. Right, so let's see what they say on the palate and the finish. The palate, the sip opens up with a light, creamy caramel and dry oak. The flavors quickly transition to a swirl of heavy rye spice, green peppercorn, aged oak, and vanilla. That I totally agree with. Yep. The lighter sweet notes help tamper down the rampant spicy notes, resulting in a bold sip that toes the line of overdoing it, yet doesn't go so far as to ruin the sip. In the neat, I agree with all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is the finish. Dry oak and leather are quickly overrun by a bright burst of rye spice. This spice lingers, adding a depth of heat to the finish throughout. Hints of sweet vanilla and caramel flash, but ultimately the finish transitions to a woody spice combination that gently fades away. I mean, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, lots of there. I mean, no one's tasting the orange in that. No, that they're not. And and I totally so, taste the orange. Ed. And and like I said, not the citrus, but like the orange and, liqueur. Or you might even be more specific as just say Grand Marnier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you're going to be pretentious, be pretentious. Right. Or Little pre- bitch. Or or pretending. <laughs> pretend, pretending. Pretendish. Pret- well, they well, have the same root word. Pretend to know what you're doing. They have the same root word. They're cognates, right? <laughs> All right. So, All right, so what else do we have here? That's it. Oh, wait, I'm, you want to talk about some of their other smoke wagon? Yeah, yeah, real quick. Just what else is out there for people? Yeah, real quick. So they have regular releases and limited releases. We'll just go over the regular releases. Uh, they have the smoke wagon straight bourbon, which is the same mash bill. That 60 corn, 36 rye for malted barley. It's a much lower proof. It's 92.5. No age statement. Uh, Tasting notes are grains, floral notes, light caramel with baking spice and black pepper. That goes for 35. Yeah, it's very approachable and you can find that. Uh, their other one is the Smoke Wagon Small Batch Straight Bourbon, uh, same mash bill, 100 proof, four to five years, super creamy with baking spices, hints of burned oak and black pepper, $50. Yeah, I've seen it for 45 too. You can find that one. Yeah. But this one is their highest of their regular release Uncut, expressions. unfiltered, yeah. straight, hard to find. Only bring in the best to you on the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. And what, ah. did you find a price for this? Oh, Oh, you no. didn't look it up. I didn't. Yeah, like I said, I think I got it for seventy-five. Let's look it up right now. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember where I got it. I think the next time I'm going to have this, I'm yeah. not going to put it on a globe. I'm just going to put a splash of water in there. Yeah. Because I think as the globe is watering it down, I'm losing those flavors. Right. 
Yeah. I, I listen, yeah. I have fished a globe out and thrown it into another glass because I was done with where it went. My normal thing is I, t- I tend to drink faster than the globe hurts Well, I me. took my neat right. glass and I started pouring it in yeah, that, right. because it started watering and it that down. Works too. Pour it yeah, in yeah. from the bottle. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's more in the well, bottle. Th- yeah. There's nothing left in the bottle. Remember, oh, right. You I, drank I it all. I, I drank the whole bottle. I forgot. 113 <laughs> proof. Um, I'm not, well, let's see. Uncut, unfiltered. Sounds like my weekend. <laughs> Um, Cass Cartel, $150. They're insane. Not a $150 bottle. No, the secondary market gets crazy. But Oh, especially with this one. There's been some controversy. I read an article and then some blogger or right. somebody on Reddit or something really trashed <laughs> them and they got mad at them. This is a whole... What, the smoke wagon? Or yeah, they? the smoke wagon. Yeah. But no, so go total... What does total wine say for? They're usually, oh, shit. I just closed it. Okay. <laughs> so you came up with the 150, the bat, and never went to another number. No. Way to go all in on that. Well, Cass Cartel is one that we've mentioned before. Um, I'll wait. I will uh, wait. Smooth, uh, yeah. Uh, testing my editing skills right, right now. <laughs> so Joe, if you mess up, you just stop and repeat it. Yeah, That's why as we've to, done several times. Right, today. So if you say poke wagon. Uh, Hello. So smoke <laughs> wow. wagon, just reset and just poke my wagon. What? Whoa. Unfiltered, uncut from total wine. They don't seem to have it. Mm. I can't remember where I got it. I go to so many liquor stores. I'm always going in looking to see if they have something. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, I see. Caskers has it for one hundred seven ninety nine. Yeah, so I think the seventy six seventy six is a great. That was a great deal. I got, got a great price of seventy six, yeah. especially for how high proof it is. Like we uh-huh. did the Caribou Crossing short, the right. mass market Canadian whiskey that they're obviously selling for uptick. And <laughs> Jeff's wife got it for like a hundred dollars. Did you just say his dick is up? Up uptick. Oh yeah, all right. Hey, you're getting the vibe uh, of the podcast I, already. It's pretty good. I'm going to have to move over a little bit away from him. Well, I'll turn toward the wall. How about that? And she bought it for about 100 and it was only 80 proof. And we got salty about it because don't sell something for over $50 that's only 80 proof right. in a bourbon world. You can't do it. You right. do it in the Scotch world, which we will find out later or you heard a, oh, week, a week ago. It happened earlier. happened earlier, but it, we didn't it, do it yet. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, so let's wrap it up. And uh, what do you think? When we get to $75, I mean, you got to be strict, right? Yeah. It's really good. I enjoyed it. At $75, would I buy a bottle a year? I think I would. It's that good for me. It's my profile. Unless I hit the lottery, I wouldn't have this in the carafe on the bar every day. It's a yes for me at 75 but like once a year. I feel like you're Paul Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Smoke Wagon, you're so beautiful. You've given us your all. Like, this is try so hard to be so RNG, even though no one else sees it but me. <laughs> you're an American I, idol. I'm going to have to agree with you, Ed. I thought this was very good and new to bourbon uh, recently. I didn't really like it straight. Mm-hmm. Um, next time I have it, I'm going to have to just put a splash of water. I, definitely, I, I want to go out and try to find it, not at $150 a bottle. No, <laughs> no, right. no. If but you can if get I it at 70 find it at 75 yeah. I'll go 80 maybe even 85 right. sure, and have sure, it on sure. my bar. Yeah, and that's my point. So like, it's special enough that if I see it at 70, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a 74. I'll get right. a bang. That's, I, I that's will deal. have to keep my wife away from it and tell her it's an 85. Yeah, this might be a bottle. sock drawer bottle sock for you. Drawer bottle. Next on the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, sock drawer bottles. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so back to your point to saying that you didn't like it neat, but you put water on it. This is set at a proof to do just that. Putting a little bit of water, it's really 
really good. I will say, though, I don't find it any more distinctive than, say, something from Barrel or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. any other rectifiers who do this type of thing, blend I their don't own think things. I don't think it's better than Baker's. And Baker's is like 65, so and yeah. I can find it everywhere. So Does the bottle give them any props there? It's a spectacular bottle. It's very nice. It, it looks right. like a tall, skinny Bib and Tucker bottle, you know, that old-timey. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, just the outside. Just the outside. It's got the, what is that, vines and yeah. flowers, raised glass, yeah, wax seal with the guns crossed on it. Yeah, all right, so we're good. It's good. So if you have a chance to taste any of the smoke wagons, you're not going to be disappointed at the price point where they're at which is like 32 and like 48.50 this one it's worth a try once if you don't like it don't get it again but <laughs> i might even order for the locker it might be easier to get it in the locker than it is to find it in the store and i would drink yours so that's right <laughs> <Here we> go. <laughs> there we go so for uh the whiskey tangent podcast thanks so much for tuning in for our smoke wagon uncut unfiltered straight bourbon whiskey short i'm ed i'm scott i'm joe cheers everybody <laughs> later later